Hello, and welcome to the Creativity Snippets podcast with myself, Barbara Wilson, and Tracy Stanley. We're passionate about encouraging creativity and are co-authors of the book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. I live near Nice in the south of France, and Tracy lives in Brisbane, Australia. We started recording our monthly conversations at the beginning of 2020 to provide information and inspiration on applying creativity to all aspects of your life. Today, we're going to be reflecting upon and, and um, learning from our experiences from creativity during 2021. I think it's important that we start by noting that 2021 saw the loss of two eminent thinkers, thinkers writers in the world of creativity. Tracy, would you like to introduce us to the first of the two, Edward de Bono? Yes, of course. Thank you, Barbara. Uh, I'm delighted to, I guess, do this eulogy and to remember the wonderful contribution that de Bono made. Um, I'm aware that I view him very affectionately because I saw him present and I met him and I was inspired by his capacity to discuss simple concepts, the complex, comp uh, complex concepts in very simple ways. Uh, and even though it was, you know, 30 years ago I heard him present, I remember he was talking about um, lateral thinking, using an overhead projector and just drawing symbols. And um, his whole focus on the way we think and the way we communicate ideas are some of his key contributions. Um, I, yeah, he, he bought the whole, he, he, I guess he moved thinking away from sort of the, um, the analytical and the processing to more perceptual thinking. He, um, He's not recognised so much for it, but he was great at helping us think about the power of metaphors. Uh, and one of the metaphors and concepts or models that I that I loved of his was the six thinking hats and how when you had a problem, put a different hat on and think about the problem in a different way, separating your thoughts from your facts, from your feelings and so forth. Uh, other metaphors he used, he talked about rock logic and water logic and how rock logic was immovable. You'd put it down and it would be there and it would be strong and it would have not as strong an impact as water logic, which when you dropped into water would become, would be immersed and could perhaps have a greater impact. So he just, he just introduced a different way of talking about creativity um, and, uh, and the importance of educating us about how we think. Um, so... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, it's very sad to see him go. He had a very long um, contribution to, the, to thinking and I hope that it lasts um, again for the, the length of, you know, for the next century to come. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably my first thoughts. Oh, Marley, do you have anything to add, Barbara? No, I don't. I don't really. I think that was a, a, a really good um, summary of, of Edward de Bono. And there are some things in there that, that I didn't know about, I must admit. Um, he, he hasn't been one of the kind of creativity gurus I've particularly followed. But yeah. um, I think we all have our, our preferences. And, um, you yeah. know, the six thinking hats, I think it's a great technique. And I know you're, yeah. you're very fond of that. Um, so, yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks, Tracy. Okay, okay. All right, so um, I'm hesitating to introduce, um, oh, let me try and get it right, Mahali Csikszentmihalyi. <laughs> it was a Hungarian, a Hungarian uh, expert 
and I'll leave Barbara to talk a bit about how he made his mark. Right. Thanks, Tracy. Yes, I think uh, um, this is one of the, the the names that is is kind of very difficult for us um, Westerners often to pronounce. Um, but Mihai Csikszentmihalyi um, died only a couple of months ago, and uh, he was very well um, referred, well known, well liked within the the sort of field of creativity. Two of his ideas, I think, are really worth um, reviewing today. The first is one that's probably the most well-known, and that's the concept of flow. It's interesting here, as I was reflecting on this this morning, I was thinking we often say things like, um, just go with the flow. I actually think that's a bit of a misrepresentation of where Chick sent me high um, was going with flow. He said that flow is a cognitive state in which someone is completely immersed in an activity. And it really involves intense focus, creative engagement, and it then leads to almost the loss of awareness of time and self. I think it's a lot deeper than what we often refer to as going with the flow. When we talk about going with the flow, I think we often mean just do it, just, just get on. Um, this is a much more active engagement than that, I believe. So he he really um, proposed this as a you know uh, having sort of observed artists and and looked at the way that when they were in the course of flow, they would just continue with their task relentlessly, regardless of hunger or fatigue, and and that I know he he sort of proposed for kind of being a central proponent of of happiness. So going with the flow is perhaps a little bit um, more superficial of the idea, but, but generally to be in the flow when you're being creative is something I think really to, to aim at. Um, and when we're there, we do get lost. And I recognize that at times when I've been out um, photographing. The second of his ideas is the systems approach to creativity. Uh, now in a nutshell, he identifies several aspects to lead, that lead to whether or not creativity is recognized. And the first is that it exists within a recognized domain. So a domain can be something like the art world in a particular time, for instance, Florence in the 15th century, which attracted a lot of young people exploring architecture and art. And in that, that domain, so the domain is, is the place in which somebody is if you like, expressing their creativity. Then he talks about the field, and the field is, is the society or the group of, of people in which that person, within which that person is being creative. And this kind of acts as a gatekeeper. So if you think about, um, I'm thinking about sort of art at the moment in somewhere like the UK, they, every year they have something called the Turner Prize. And the Turner Prize is determined by this field, this group of gatekeepers. And what they're deciding really is, you know, what is art at the moment? Where is art at the moment? What's the, what's the latest memes that are showing through in this art world? Um, and sometimes the surprises in that have been, for me, quite... <laughs> I would almost say quite shocking. I'm thinking of Tracy Ehrman's unmade bed at one time. 
Um, and interestingly, and I know that, that Tracy, this is kind of near to your heart at the moment because you've recently been to a Van Gogh exhibition, but Van Gogh was not recognized as a genius during his lifetime because this field, um, so he was in the domain of painting and art, art, but the field, the gatekeepers, didn't recognize what he was doing as art. Um, at the time, he was considered a sociopathic recluse. Um, so he, he died penniless. Um, he was, uh, his work was only considered creative when it was reinterpreted by other artists in the field um, and transformed in people's perceptions as masterpieces. So that whole concept of there's the domain in which we work, there's the field which determine um, which are the kind of the gatekeepers, and however creative we are, um, that can have an influence on whether what we're doing is accepted as creative or not. I hope that's sort of explained it in a nutshell. Oh, I think that was great, Barbara, <laughs> and I think that was great, and it, it reminded me of how much Van Gogh was always pushing the boundaries, and I guess I hadn't quite appreciated that till I saw the different styles. And then when we've talked about how he was rejected because he wasn't doing things that the gatekeepers wanted that reflected mm. the Renaissance styles, which had been the prevailing norm at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Tracy, I think that you're going to start by um, the next part of our podcast by introducing uh, your take on some of the highlights from our 2021 podcast. Sure, sure. I will. I just actually, I just want to make one more comment about Van Gogh, which I also hadn't appreciated till I went to the exhibition. Just building on the comment about pushing the boundaries. He really was consciously doing it. And he had philosophies around, well, I've got to try something new. You know, I, I haven't done it before, but I've, I've got to start, you know, and the beginning is always more difficult than anything else. But, you know, but keep heart, it's going to be all right. Mm. He talked about dreaming of an idea for painting and then doing it so it was just again this thing about about starting mm -hmm. and um yeah that yeah I hadn't quite I just hadn't quite made that connection until I sort of saw the exhibition and um in some of the quotes from um I guess I guess they were in his journals I don't know where that was captured do you know where they captured he was there any sort of written books did someone do a biography of his life at all I'm, I couldn't answer that at this stage. I'm not sure. I'm going to, I'm going to Google it. I'm going to Google yeah, it. Yeah, look, look it up. In the future conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so sorry. Just wanted to make those comments. Okay, no, that's so, interesting. Thank you. <laughs> so Barbara and I, we, we look back on all the conversations we've had through 21 and we covered a lot of topics. Um, we talked about, well, conditions for creativity to flourish and this wasn't just the physical conditions but really I guess the, the climate or the psychological safety conditions. You know, you can well have a process for taking people through thinking differently about a problem or an opportunity. But if the conditions aren't there for people to feel safe to explore and to experiment, then that's going to inhibit your creativity. Um, and of course, a part of that is really people's mindsets. And this, this is a biggie and, and lots of writers talk about this and how often the biggest barrier to thinking differently, thinking creatively is the mindset that I'm not creative, you know, and whether we think that because the existing gatekeepers have reinforced know that that's not creative because it doesn't align with the way things are done now. We explored what are the sort of conversations you can have one-on-one -on -one or in a group 
that can stimulate your thinking and thinking differently about a situation. And then I think it was the last podcast, Barbara and I just actually talked about applying random creative techniques to our own activities. And I shared how I'd used some of the random techniques for plotting stories that I'm planning on writing um, next year in 2022. So um, those were some of the topics we explored. Barbara, want to talk about some of the other topics that we covered? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Tracy. So um, the first of these is um, the concept that uh, we can all be creative, but some of us are in, um, we're creative in different ways to others. One dimension that could measure this sort of difference is one that Curtin came up with when he talked about adapters and innovators. And I think this is quite an interesting one because a lot of people say, oh, I'm not very creative because I, I haven't done anything new. I've, I've just I've, I've built on somebody else's ideas. And he would say that that's very much an adaptive um, type of creativity. But nevertheless, it is creativity. And in a lot of circumstances, that's actually what's needed, particularly at work. Um, we can't all be inventing absolutely new things all the time. I think it's important to think that, to, to realize that creativity can be brought to be applied in very small ways um, in that this kind of sense of adapting our ideas. The other end of the scale are the innovators who do come up with these um, new ideas um, and they're the ones that sort of break the boundaries, they change they change things, you know, the internet being developed or social media being developed. Um, I'd say the electric car, but that was also an old idea that didn't take off at the time, probably too innovative for, for its time because the gatekeepers didn't accept it, maybe. So there, there are these differences. And I think when people say, well, I'm not very creative because I'm not, in, you know, coming up with brilliant new ideas, then I think that's 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 the shame that they that they can't accept that they can be. Everybody can be creative. And sometimes what we do in, in small ways is is creative. The second of the ideas was um, the things that we talked about was that. Um, Creativity needs, I mean, Tracy was talking about conditions for creativity. And I think one of the conditions is really the four P's, that in order to be creative, you really need to be positive. Um, it needs a sense of playfulness. And we often have talked about um, reaching that child within us to, particularly when we're, we're, we're trying out creative exercises to kind of bring some fun element into it, to be passionate about what we're doing. You know, if we're not engaged in it, then we won't be creative at all. Um, and persistence to keep going. And, and, you know, as you said about Van Gogh, he kept going. I mean, you know, many yeah. artists kept going despite the fact that nobody recognized their work and they weren't getting paid for it. And, you know, we don't have to be, you know, what we mustn't do is really be put off. We must keep going and going and going. Um, and that there are many examples I won't go into now where um, people have succeeded in the end um, despite years of, of not doing it not doing very well the third of the ideas was about habits and creativity and why change is difficult um, I think we one of the things to say there is that um, habits can get in the way we develop habits that then become also almost automatic in our behavior um, one habitual thinking or, or, or the way that people think and then 
um, express that thought is when people say, respond always as yes, but um, that becomes a habit with people. And I've seen it a lot in organizations. Somebody proposes a new idea and somebody else and, and inevitably other people will say, ah, yes, but we tried that or yes, but it won't work. And that's a kind of example of, of um, habitual thinking. So often, I think with creativity, we need to challenge ourselves and challenge our habits and see whether we've fallen into unconscious patterns that really need to be shaken up. And if we don't, then change is difficult. The final of the one, the, the ideas I wanted to talk about was procrastination versus incubation. On the face of it, this seems to have less to do with creativity, but I think I think the procrastination um, element of it is perhaps less to do with creativity, but the incubation is, is crucial. <clears throat> People often um, talk about themselves procrastinating and it being a very negative thing. And often people do procrastinate because in, in a kind of, and it comes from a negative space sort of place, sort of in, procrastinating because they want something to be perfect and in a way perfection gets in the way or stops creativity happening so I think that that's a, a, a clear link there but what we can often see is that procrastination may be in in certain circumstances just the way we're incubating our ideas I've often thought that if I leave my ideas and just let, let them incubate for a while, I end up doing better work than I would have done had I done it straight away. And that's, I think, really important in creativity to allow incubation of thought um, before we step into action, if we can. Okay. Tracy, anything to add? <laughs> uh, no, that, that's good. That's good, Barbara. Um, I think the whole incubation and... Um, uh, yeah, I think that's a really important lesson and also recognising perhaps when you need to take a break, but you can't incubate, as you said, unless you've started with something. So, yeah. so start with something. If you're blocked, write down why you're blocked and, and try and summarise what, you know, what, what's happening and then take a break and do something different. And yeah. I, I guess we'll, we'll talk a bit about how we unblock ourselves later on. But um, I think experimentation is um, something that's, really important that I've learned about this year. All of us feel fear when we start something new because we don't have a history of having done it successfully. You know, Van Gogh took, you know, he kept experimenting with different styles that hadn't been there before. Um, I guess he didn't have fear or I guess he just didn't care. I'm not sure. But I guess the thing is not to worry that you're out of your depth. To learn anything new, you've got to start. Uh, and you can't get there unless you experiment and that means failing and we've talked a lot about that. Um, I, the other thing just I wanted to build on is about, um, again, about our mindsets and just recognise that is it our mindset that's that is stopping us, you know, and, and call it out, call it out in terms of I'm afraid of this, I don't think I'm good enough, I don't think I'm creative. Uh, I think that's really important for getting us into flow and um, there's a couple of things you talked about. So you talked about persistence and I wanted to talk about resilience and, and I think they're kind of related they're kind of related to flow because if, if you throw yourself into something, you get really into it and it gets tough. But as long as you're there and you're really enjoying the process and you give yourself the time to get into that space of flow, you'll sort of have both persistence and you'll, and you'll have resilience. 
if I could sort of tie those three things together in terms of my le- my lessons for the year. Barbara, what about you? What have been some of the key lessons for you this year? Thank you. Thanks, Tracy. Um, interesting, actually, because uh, almost very similar. But I think that the first thing um, is the importance of developing a habit. So coming back to this concept of habits, the habits can get in the way, but developing positive habits is a, is a great thing. Um, and I've tried particularly, I, I mean, this year has been a rotten year, really, let's face it, with COVID. Yeah. With lockdown, we started off with, um, I, I actually can't remember now, I've diaried it, so I need to go back and look at it. But I can't remember whether we're in total lockdown, but we weren't traveling. Um, and all those sources of it, sources for me of inspiration were just not there um it was like a grand boredom setting in um and i think that goes for many people so developing a habit of just doing something like writing every morning kept me going they're just you know with my i and i i did it when i was having my morning coffee so morning coffee meant getting my books out and doing some writing um even if it was just a couple of pages of my diary so I think that developing a habit is is crucial, particularly to get us over um, those periods when we lack inspiration to go any further. Um, and I think that also really underlines the importance of positivity. And I think that we have to, you know, to be creative, as I said earlier, we have to be positive. And if we're not positive, it's very hard to... Um, it's very hard to to get into any kind of creativity. So it's important to to get to that positivity and then to find your passion. Um, I Over the year, my passion has switched. I mean, I thought that writing would be something I really want to do, but it's switched much more back to photography. And I'm finding that that's really what I'm passionate about. And that's when I'm in the flow. It's when I'm out with, with my camera, as I've said before. Um, so moving through stuckness, really, um, accepting that ideas are incubating and, you know, just, just, I think that's just the things I've learned from this year is just to, and I was going to say go with the flow, but having, having really said that that's not a very good phrase to use in those circumstances, um, just, you know, doing it, just, just getting out and doing what you can do is important. So, um, I mean, the next question we were going to answer today was really, and I think I've answered this actually, is when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? Um, So I think I've answered that by saying, uh, develop a habit, just do something, just get out. Travel, if I can do, you know, just traveling into a a nearby village, going somewhere a little bit different. looking at things differently, um, just being mindful. I think that those are my, my lessons around what do I do if I want to regain some focus. Going down to the sea, actually, is, yeah. is crucial, <laughs> I <Yeah>. realise now. <laughs> or by a river, has to be yeah. water. Yeah, nothing about water. Yeah, yeah I agree Tra- with that. <laughs> So, Tracy, what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused well I I kind of focus on both things I focus on when I get into the flow and then when I don't and 
I know that if I want to write, and sometimes I can give myself all sorts of reasons not to write, and I faff around and I don't start, and then it's really hard to start. But I know that I, I have the greatest chance of being in flow in the morning, say between 7 and 11.30. So if I, if I want to write, I get up and I write and I start. And really after about 10 minutes, sometimes it, it's difficult for the first 10 minutes. And then if you've got your quiet and I'm inter- uninterrupted, <laughs> I can get into my writing <clears throat> and I can make great progress. And then just often and often around 11.30 in the morning, my brain stops. My brain's, I'm aware that I'm just, I'm faffing, I'm having trouble concentrating. And then I stop and then I go out for a ride on my bike. And like you, I ride by the river and it's just, and it's not, it's not the first 10 minutes, but it's after sort of the 10 minutes to 30 minutes that I really, you know, I'm not thinking about my, my, the stuff I've left behind, but all these ideas and things keep popping into my head. Mm. So my brain is incubating, even though I'm trying not to think about the work that I've left behind. So it's about having a habit and paying attention to when, how I need to work to get into flow, because I love being in flow. I love it when my head is in a story and I'm making connections and I'm writing it all down. But then I know when I come to my dead period, I stop. And I, and I walk away, I walk away, I get on my bike and I break my thinking. And I also do is what I mentioned before is if I'm really struggling and I'm not giving myself permission to focus on something, what is it that's, that I'm worried about? And just call it out. This is what I'm worried about. This is what's distracting me. And, um, you know, it could be all sorts of things. Like I could be worried about my mum or something. And I think, okay, well, let, let me deal with that first. And then that will free me up to come back and work on something else. Mm. That's that's good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Tracy. So what have you been your key achievements creatively this year, Tracy? Well, I think the things I'm most proud of is that I finished um, a book series that I write under a pen name and um, that each of the last three books were quite different. And I pushed the boundaries a little bit in each area in terms of location and style of writing. I'm always trying to experiment with some new aspect of my writing, whether it's a, a character I'm in the way they're behaving differently um, or a sort of a situation that's very, very complex. And um, I don't, and I guess after having written a number of books, I don't get afraid by think, by how am I going to pull this together or get them out of this situation. I, I trust my subconscious to, um, to work on it. And I think I, and I'm very proud of the books and I've had some good feedback on it. And that's, yeah, so, so that, that's um, for this year. And then for next year, I'm looking forward to saying, um, <laughs> at our review in 12 months time that um, even though I was really scared to use our random tech techniques, Barbara and I, um, I talked about how I picked up some magazines and I picked up an idea from the third picture on every page to write a story. I know that my brain will be able to help me to create a really interesting story from that random stimuli, but I'll, I'll tell you about that next year. And I guess also, um, what I've learned is just how much I love, I mean, I do a lot of mentoring and how much I learn from that process of helping others. Um, teaching is such a powerful process about learning something new. And I'm often required to learn something new because the clients who I mentor have such different business ideas that I need to research. And um, yeah, so I just, I, I just, I really, I love that process. So uh, <laughs> that came to mind when I was thinking about things that I've really learned about myself and what I love and how I like to spend my time. Um, Barbara, what, what about you? 
Um, I, I suppose in a way, as I said earlier, really, and I don't want to re repeat too much around it, but the, um, this year has not been a particularly good year or not a good start for me at all. So, um, I mean, one thing I was trying to do was write a life history around three generations of women, including my mother. Um, she died in February. So that was just put to one side. I, I haven't been able really to go back to that. Whether I will, I'm not sure. Um, I've then picked up on uh, my photography again and started to really enjoy um, photography. I've got um, three photos in the local photo exhibition in January, which is a good start. Um, and I've, um, yeah, I've got, I've got sort of projects in mind maybe for, for next year that may combine or that should combine photography and writing. Um, and like you, Tracy, I've been <clears throat> I've been coaching this year, and that's given me an opportunity to <clears throat> reflect and support others in their creativity. I think every time you you do you have a one to one session with somebody new, uh, in, for what you know whether it's coaching or mentoring, there's always there's always something to learn from that about yourself, uh, mm. and also something that you can that's a kind of teaching moment for the other person for them to learn from. So it's always valuable. <clears throat> So, yeah, um, I think we've, uh, we've sort of covered where, where we're at and, and where, <laughs> where we want to go or what we're, what we're sort of moving on to in the future. Um, any other aspirations for you for 2022, uh, Tracy? Yeah. Um I guess, I guess, well, I've got, I've got something percolating in the background that's actually going to really push my boundaries. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and anyway, so I'll, I will talk about it New Year in New Year if it comes off, but it's a really different skill set and I'm both frightened and excited in, in equal measure. Um, I had planned to be, it's interesting to be travelling, and as I'm absolutely certain I won't be travelling, it actually freed up my time to think, well, what would I rather do instead? So... Um, it's about applying what I've learned about creativity and change management in a much broader context. So um, anyway, I'm not going to tease you anymore. I'll tell you about that next year. Uh, and just, again, I'm reminded, let's, flicking back to what Van Gogh said, he talked about, you know, I'm always doing what I cannot do yet in order to learn how to do it. And that's um, going to be my inspiration for 2022. Mm. <laughs> um, Barbara, what about you? I think I've probably covered this as well, but I mean, yeah. um, I've, I've, I'd love to, to continue with my writing, but also uh, having a, um, some kind of photo, photo book combining writing and, and photography. And I've got a photo workshop booked for Lisbon in the springs. Oh, I really yeah. fingers crossed that um, that will still happen. Um, yeah. So, Tracy, if you could put up a gigantic billboard to get a message out to millions, what would it say? Well, it would say a couple of things. So this isn't my quote, and I can't remember where it came from, but this whole we accomplish in proportion to that which we attempt. And I guess if I add on it, you, know, you, you don't learn new skills unless you push yourself to step out into, into new territory. So um, recognise that our, our fearful mindset may be holding us back. You know, feel the fear. You don't have to overcome it. Take it with you and, and do it anywhere. And I know that's a Susan Jeffers quote, but... Um, I love that quote mm. about, you know, push, pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Barbara? Yeah, I like that, that feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, yeah, for me, learn to be in the moment. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, 
and uh, I had a conversation with a, a, another photographer yesterday in which that came out very clearly. We don't have to have all the technical knowledge and have everything perfect. Um, we, we just need to be, as I said, in that flow and, and just be mindful of what's going on around us and, and things will happen. Um, so keep on learning, keep on being creative in whichever way shows up for you. That's my, yeah. my big message. Okay. Tracy, any last thoughts? Well, we've come to the end of the year. We've got a new year ahead of us. I, I, I have my fingers crossed and I fervently hope that for all the world, it's healthier next year. Mm. I help, you know, with greater collaboration, it's more peaceful. No matter what happens, the world needs different thinking and creative thinking. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraging our listeners to apply your creative thinking skills because there are challenges that certainly need it. Uh, I guess that would be my um, final reflection. And um, also to, um, to thank our listeners for listening to our conversation. Um, as always, if you'd like to learn more about Barbara and ourselves, you can learn from our experiences by looking at our websites, barbarasbarbara-wilson.com. I'm tjstanley.com, or of course, you can buy our book, Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools, which is available on Amazon, Google Play, and Book Depository. So wishing all our listeners a creative day, a creative Christmas, and a creative 2022. <laughs> Bye, Barbara. Bye, and same from me to you all. That's, uh, I, I, and I wish you all a much better 2022. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.